Hilchish Deus Peregvav in Peregvav the Rama begins to address mitzvahs 2 through 8 of the 11 mitzvahs which Hilchish Deus is based on that is the mitzvah to cling to those who are familiar who know Hashem to love other Yidin love Gerim not to hate one's fellow Jew to admonish a person doing the wrong thing not to embarrass someone and not to oppress someone who is unfortunate Halacha Aleph is the nature of a person to be drawn in his conduct and traits after those in his social circles friends and colleagues and he'll conduct himself naturally according to the customs of his locale and therefore a person must connect and be associated with righteous people and constantly be near in order to learn from their from their deeds and distance himself away from the wicked people who go in the way of darkness he should not learn from their ways that's what Shlomo says he who goes together with the wise will become wise and the person who associates with the fools will suffer. And it says, Asher Yishuv Gamer, happy is the person who does not associate with the wicked. So if a person lived in a country or an area, that has bad uh, bad customs, and the people in that place do not go in the proper path. So then, Yelech Lamakim, he should go to a place on a shot to the king where the people are righteous. He should, he should move away. And go in the proper way. If all the countries which he knows about, which he's aware of, go in the improper path. As in our time, as it says that Amam, he's not able to go to a place that has better conduct. The Pehagiyasa is because of the lawless bandits that uh, roam the area between the two locales. Because he's ill. He should sit by himself and not associate with anybody. As it says, he let him sit alone and be, and be quiet. If the people there were so evil, they're not going to let him sit in their district, dwell in their area. Unless he associates with them. And he participates in their bad conduct. Then he should uh, go out away to the caves and to the thickets, to the midbar, and not conduct himself in the manner of the wicked. The Pasuk says, who would give me in the, who, if only someone would give me in the desert a, a uh, hotel for passerbys. So that's the idea of it better be alone in the desert in a hotel rather than being associated with bad people. Halacha beis mitzvah say is it a positive? It's a positive mitzvah materially to cleave to Torah scholars and their disciples. In order you learn from their deeds, as it says, you shall cleave to him to Hashem. Now, is it really possible for a person to cleave to the divine presence? This is how our sages interpreted this mitzvah. Cleave to those who, to, 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 to the Chacham and their students. So it sounds like the Amun is saying that the mitzvah of book, the mitzvah to cleave to Hashem, is to cleave to people who excel in the mitzvah of the Damas of imitating Hashem's ways. Fichan, therefore, the person must put in effort. to marry the daughter of a tamil chacham, and marry his daughter to a tamil chacham. and eat and drink with Torah scholars. Obviously, it doesn't mean just academic Torah scholars, but people who excel in the mitzvah of 
imitating the ways of Hashem. Last is Perak, Matyoim Tamad Chochem, do business with Tamad Chochem, or behalf of Tamad Chochem. And to connect to them, associate with them, any possible connection. Remember, it says, again, the similar Pasuk, to cleave to Hashem. Our sages commanded us, sit in the dust of their feet, and drink their words thirstily, which perhaps can mean not their words of terror necessarily, anything they say, drink thirstily, because the more you hang out with them, the better of a person you will be. Halacha Gimel Mitzvah called a it's a mitzvah on every person. To love every single Jew like your own self. Shenemar the pasuk says, "You should love your fellow as yourself." Therefore, you must speak positively, praiseworthy of every other Jew. Be considerate for his money. Just like just like you care about your own money. Care about your own honor. If someone takes pride to his fellow's degradation, so he, he, he builds his reputation by emphasizing his colleagues' uh, faults, he will have no portion in the world to come. One could interpret the Ramam to mean that the mitzvah of Israel is just to treat another person as you treat yourself, but not to actually emotionally love him. However, in Sefer Mitzvah, the Ramam makes clear that one has the actual obligation emotionally to love every single Jew. The love of a person who converted to Judaism, a Gentile who converted and came under the wings of the Shekhinah, he's included in the category of a fellow Jew, and you must love every Jew, including him. An additional one, because he's a convert. The Torah says, you should love the convert, specifically. Besides loving every Jew. Also, Hashem commanded us to love the Gir, like He commanded us to love Himself. To love Hashem. Shem, as it says, you shall love Hashem your God. So you shall love the convert, you shall love Hashem. Additionally, Hashem himself loves converts. Shem, it says, he loves the convert. If someone hates another Jew in his heart, meaning he doesn't tell him or do anything against him, he just merely has, he harbors a hatred in his heart with silent resentment and he ruminates about it. He's violating a negative commandment. It says, You shall not hate your fellow in your heart. You're not lashed for this prohibition. There's no action involved. The principle is that only for an observable action are you chayiv malchus, not for an aver which there's no action. The Torah only commanded us against this particular Aveira, against hating in your heart without doing anything, just merely the, having the emotion inside, stirring inside you. If a person hits his fellow, he curses him, so he's actually expressing his hatred towards him, despite the fact he's not allowed to do so. He's not here for this particular prohibition of, you shall not hate in your heart silently. When one person sins against another, the person who has been wrong should not silently resent him. As it says regarding the wicked, Avshalom did not speak with Amnon, anything, neither bad nor good. And therefore he resented him silently and eventually took revenge, and the story had a bad ending. Ella rather, mitzvah to mitzvah to inform and tell him, why have you done this to me? Why did you wrong me this way? Shemarat says, you shall surely rebuke your fellow. So even though we said earlier that a chassid, 
is somebody who is shamed does not does not respond in kind. That's only if it really doesn't bother him at all. But if it does bother him and he has an emotion of disappointment or or, 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 uh, or certainly an emotion of anger resentment towards the other person, he's obligated to inform the other person that he caused him to become angry. If he the second person then took it to heart and he asked forgiveness, he must the first person should forgive him. The forgiver, excuse me, the the um. The person who's been asked forgiveness from should not be cruel. Rather, rather, he should forgive right away. It says, Who had wronged from Ravinu by stealing Sarah. If someone sees his friend, who he knows well, who did that sin, going in the wrong, in the wrong path, improper path, it's a mitzvah to return to the right path, inform him that he's sinning, he's sinning against himself, he's doing himself harm, with this evil deed. It says, you shall surely rebuke your fellow. So the Ramam presumably is referring to the second word in the means a close friend, somebody who will take what you're saying to heart. When someone rebukes a fellow, whether he rebukes him for sinning against that person, like, like he stole from him, for example. Or if it's a matter between him and Hashem, like he was he must rebuke him in private. He must speak to him nicely and gently. He must tell him, I'm only rebuking you for your own benefit. In order you should be merit the world to come if he accepts the rebuke great if not we should rebuke him again a second and third time he should continue to rebuke him he is obligated to continue rebuking him until the sinner hits him strikes him and tells him I'm not listening to you if someone can rebuke and chooses not to he is responsible for that as well since he had the opportunity to rebuke and he did not do so, and had he done, had he rebuked them, perhaps they would have not done that very well. When someone rebukes his fellow at the outset, he should not speak to him harshly until the point that he's embarrassed. The says, You shall not bear a sin on his account. You should not be doing an Avera because of him by rebuking him. This is how Rachacham said, You would think you're allowed to rebuke him to the point that his face. Change is called out of embarrassment. The Pasuk says otherwise, you shall not do not bear on account of him, on account of rebuking him. From here we see, it's forbidden to embarrass a fellow Jew. Certainly it's forbidden to embarrass a fellow Jew in public. Even though if a person embarrasses a fellow Jew, there's no malchus. If someone embarrasses a fellow in public, he has no portion in the world to come. Therefore, a person must be careful. Not to shame his colleague in public. Whether he's a minor person or an important person, he should not call him a name or a nickname that embarrasses him. Or speak in front of him about a matter which causes him to be embarrassed. When this is applied, you're not allowed to embarrass a person. If the thing that, that, that you're, you're uh, rebuking him about is something he did wrong between one person and another. If it's between him and Hashem, like a person who's Shabbos, if he does not do tshuva after being rebuked, in private, then you can shame him in public. You can publicize his Avedo. And you can, um, to his face, you can abuse him. And 
and, and scorn him, McCollinus and curse him, till he does chuva and comes back to the right way. So obviously this means you only can do these things if you're uh, certain or at least hopeful that by doing so well, they can go back to the right way. If you, there's no way that you believe it's going to help, you just want to do it because you feel it's your holy obligation to abuse, uh, rebuke others, then obviously there's no point. As all the Nevi'im among the Eden did, rebuking them continuously until they did tshuva. Halacha test. When someone has been wronged by a colleague, and you don't want to rebuke him, nor speak with him at all, not because you resent him, but because you have no resentment or anger at all. Because the person who sinned against you was very simple-minded and did not know any better. Or he was not completely normal, so he didn't know any better. And you forgave him, and you don't resent him, and therefore you don't rebuke him, because you have no feelings against him. This chassidus, that's a mida of chassidus of piety, so there's no mitzvah to rebuke someone for wronging you if you're not upset about it. The tir is only, only concerned if you don't rebuke someone, if he wronged you, if you hate him for it, and you resent him silently. In an attempt to genuinely internalize this perspective, we say every night before Kriyashma Shalamita, the paragraph of forgiveness for all people. The Burnish Leilam. Halacha yud. The person must be very careful with widows and orphans to treat them appropriately. Because they're very low spirit, and they're depressed. Even if they're very wealthy. Even the orphan and widow of a king, whose heart and unruly land where we are uh, commanded regarding them, we're warned. The Pasuk says, You shall not mistreat any widow or orphan. How should you treat them? You should only speak with them softly. Only treat them with honor. Don't pain their body with hard labor. Nor pain them, their hearts, with harsh words. Be considerate with their money. More than your own money. If somebody hurts them, bothers, upsets them, or angers them, or hurts their feelings, or harasses them, or even or causes them a loss of money, say he transgresses a negative mitzvah. Certainly, if he hit them, I have a and curses them. This prohibition, even though there's no malchus, the punishment is specified in the tater. My anger will burn. I will kill you with the sword. The person who spoke and created the world through speech, meaning Hashem obviously, sealed a, 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 a covenant with them. She calls whenever they cry out from being pained, from being mistreated. Lest he cry out to me, I will surely hear his cry. When this is applied, you cannot mistreat them in any way or, 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 or make them upset. If they're being mistreated for your, for, for your own purposes. If a, if a teacher is uh, uh, making them, making, bothering them, so to speak, and I was chastising them to get them to learn more Torah, even, even if it's an instructor who's teaching them a trade, or he's trying to get them to go in the right, right, the right path, so he takes away his toy, for example, gives him a punishment to make him go on the right path or learn trader or learn his trade. He said, well, that's permitted because it's for his benefit. You shouldn't treat him like anybody else. Make some a distinction. Treat them with, uh, with, with uh, gently, with mercy, with honor. It says, takes up their cause. The word is supposed to probably be deleted and it's supposed to read 
they treat him with honor. Ki Hashem Yivrivam, for Hashem fights their cause. In other words, Rambam is using the pasuk, the lashon of the pasuk, to emphasize the point. But the pasuk itself is not an actual proof to the point because it's not discussing widows and orphans. Whether he's an orphan from the father, or orphan from his mother, both in either scenario, the all the above halachas apply. But they must sign the until what age is person called their orphan in this context, right? An 85 year old man whose father or mother passes away and the parent is 105 is now you have to be extra, extra nice to him because he's an orphan. How does that work? So the answer is, to the point when he, when he no longer needs a mature individual to support him, to train him, to care for him, and to deal with him. Or the Amman is to instruct him or the top of the hand and to care for them. Rather, he's able to do well and attend to his own needs on his own, like any other adult.